Welcome to a new episode of NY Just Fans with host Davin and Kyle. Please make sure to follow us on Twitter at Just Fans Podcast as we come with y'all with a new episode. Um, before we get into everything, uh, I want to give a shout out to uh, Crystal Sharman. They just started their podcast, um, Lift Off the Jets Podcast. So y'all can listen to them on Anchor, Spotify. Um, they'll be on Apple soon. Um, I want to get that out the way. And also shout out to um, our great friends at Thurston Gold. Again, Thurston Gold podcast. If y'all want to listen to another football great podcast where as they talk about booze and um, and drinks and everything like that and football, um, give them, uh, you can listen to them on Apple Podcasts, Thurston Gold. Um, other than that, Kyle, how, how you feeling tonight, man? Uh, I'm doing good. Um, I said a little bit better after my, you know, my sons pulled out that win the other night. So we got one more game to go. So I'm, I'm uh, man, that's, that's the tough thing. Yeah, yeah, one by thirty, but you know, <laughs> that's gonna be the tough thing. It's LeBron, and you know how the NBA gets down when it comes to that man. So yeah. I hope y'all pulled it out though. <laughs> and the Knicks is is losing by five at halftime right now. So you know, it's a little depressing, but. Hopefully they'll they'll pull it out for me. If not, then it is what it is. Nobody didn't expect the Knicks to go to the playoffs. So they 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 basically achieved above expectations this year. Um yeah. so let's so let's get into the to the Jets uh talk. Basically, long story short, Rich Semini, uh Rich Semini said that the Jets could pursue Nick Foles. But the latest news earlier was that Nick Foles almost got traded to the Eagles, but he didn't want to go to the Eagles. Mm-hmm. So now <laughs> it's kind of an odd marriage for the Bears and Nick Foles. So, Kyle, how important it is for the Jets to have a veteran um, quarterback like Nick Foles? And what's, what, is, what is going on with this Nick Foles situation? Because it just sounds so weird already. Yeah, that, I said, um, as far as I said, the Jets standpoint, Definitely could see them bringing in a veteran guy. Um, um, looking, as I said, there's not too many available. Um, as I said, I know Nick Foles is um, a possibility via trade. Uh, I do believe that, uh, if anything, maybe uh, Mullins could be a, a, a option, you know, down the line. But as I, said, I was hearing things saying that uh, that that Morgan was actually a pick of Joe Douglas. So who knows what he feels about, you know, Morgan to say that he can be that, um, that guy to, to be the number two, you know, um, maybe he feels, you know, he's, he he might have in terms of maybe more so like a, the intellect enough to be a, a, a help to, Wilson, you know, in terms of his development as a quarterback, you know, even though he might not, he doesn't have the quote unquote NFL experience. So I would say, I would say that for the most part, like I would, I would personally prefer to have a a veteran guy, you know, to come in and just to be someone that has a little bit, maybe a little bit more stability, you know, if something does uh, happen to, to Wilson down the line. But as I said, I, I'm not hell-bent on 
saying, okay, that we definitely need him. But I, I do understand if, if they was to go that route. And also, and also, I think that that the money is not too bad. How much was the money um, for what we was talking earlier? It was about what four million? Yeah. Um. If Nick gets uh traded anywhere, he's on the books to that team for four million. I think in each for this year as well as next year. So that is definitely you know good money for uh, a quality backup like him. And also, and also. The the thing is, is that Nick Foles is a Super Bowl winner, you know, right. and and just and just having that and just having that guy would help Wilson out with his game, let him know what's what's it like being under pressure and situations and so forth. So if they if they kind of do do that, then I will understand why um, what the cost would be to get Foles. I in in his case, I think it will be like a late round pick. I don't even think it'll be made because then you're, you're reaching. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's a, so it's just a straight reach. Because <laughs> yeah, as I said, in recent, in recent performances, Nick hasn't really shown much of anything, which is why he bounced around a bit. So um, yeah, I said that, that 4 million would probably be just, just enough, you know, to, I guess as you think about it, it's like an in-between, you know, you, he's not, so bad that you don't want to pay him anything, but he does have the Super Bowl to his credit. So yeah, I guess you kind of meet somewhere in the middle, you know, with that four million. Right. I mean, you know, when you have a guy like Foles that doesn't crack under pressure when it comes to fourth quarters and, and playoff games, you know, that's the type of guy that you would need, you know, just the guy that can get you, that can get you in them situations where, okay, what what do I need to do in this situation, you know, to help to help the team win. So, right. so I just feel like it would it would be a win win situation if if it was to happen. If not, then I will understand why, and I will just leave it alone. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, um, so the Jets actually signed signed somebody, uh. I know they was in talks with um the Washington uh Washington football team tackle. Uh I don't know if it's Morgan Moses or yeah. I think I said it right. Yeah. Um Mo- Morgan Moses. I know they was in talks with him last week. And they signed the former 49ers uh defensive lineman uh Ronald Blair. Um yeah. c- could you give us more in- intel on Ronald Blair and what the Jets could expect from him? Because I know he didn't play 2020 season, but um, just just by the other years, like what could we expect from him? Yeah, I, I see him as a, as I said, a solid uh, rotation guy that you know obviously knows the system, having played, you know, with uh, having played with um Salas before. Um, I believe like in the the three years prior to his um, you know, tearing his, I think he had an ACL injury that. You know, right. had him out for, you know, I think since 2019, I believe. So, um, I believe like the the years before that, I mean, he was averaging roughly about four, if I'm not four sacks a, a season. So, as I said, I definitely see him um, being a, a rotational piece uh, in the puzzle. You know, especially like if you look at some of the people that we already have on the line that. Uh, has some sort of history with, um, you know, if not injury, 
but you know, in some, you know, with age, you know, with Rankins being the injured guy and a guy like Curry who's um has shown productivity, but I believe he's like, if I'm not thinking he's like 32. So as I can definitely see him, you know, coming in and just being a situational type guy, situational type pass rusher, you know, that as I said that's familiar with the wide nine scheme. So I, I definitely see it as um, a good move, especially when you look at the guy whose name I can't even remember, they cut to sign it. So, <laughs> you know, at that point, it's like, you can't even look at it as a, a, a negative thing at that point. You know, if, it, if you can't remember the guy's name that he replaced. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just think that, you know, they, it's, it's so, it's like so many different guys from last year. Uh, of course, Henry Anderson, uh, that you hate, Kyle. Um, <laughs> uh, Jordan Jenkins, uh, other guys. Like this is this is such a this is to me like such a um, a different atmosphere. I'm I'm going to call it because you have you have not you not just have one. You have plenty of guys. So you know, just in case if they need to take a a down, you know, worth a rest, they can. They got the other guys for that and. I, I see I th- I kind of see where Salah is going with this and I and I can't wait to see what happens you know yep. so so my thing is is you know let's let's we'll see what happens um especially when preseason start that's that's when I can't wait it's already June so it, every you know this time's gonna go by fast then we'll get back to normal right that's it because we definitely have that's it we definitely have our uh, I'm sorry, our fill of um, defensive ends, you know, but you think even uh, you got to think about even a uh, Basham law left, you know, that was a guy right. from, from last year. Um, right. But like I said, we have a, we have our fill. It's like, maybe like, I'm looking at the list now. It's roughly about 12 guys right now that we have on the roster that's part of the rotation. So I'm pretty sure that's going to probably be cut down to maybe about eight or nine. So um it'll be interesting to see which one of these uh guys end up either going maybe to a practice squad or just being um released right out or maybe traded who knows Mm, right right yeah it's gonna be very interesting i feel like i feel like almost all positions are gonna (laughs) are gonna be open so you know we'll we we're gonna definitely see what happens very soon with that um and uh, the NFL news. Um, we uh, for the, uh, thank you, Kyle, for uh, letting me know this. Um, the guarantee after this season, the guaranteed cap for the season after this one coming up is two hundred eight million. So, so how important was it for the for that cap for that cap to go up, and not just for the cap to go up, but also helping out teams and like situations like being over the cap. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure these teams are are looking at it as uh as much needed help in terms of, you know, getting these guys in the contract and building their rosters. Um I believe is it the the jump which I was kind of surprised at is technically I think it's about 30 million uh that's the the cap is raised from this year, you know, going into next year which I said, I'm surprised that because I wouldn't have expected them to 
be able to generate the revenue as quickly, you know, coming off this COVID year. So the fact that, you know, that it was such a, a large jump, I, I guess there, you know, there are people as um, crunched numbers and, you know, see it as a doable thing, but I'm definitely, uh, I'm definitely sure that there are teams that are, are going to welcome the, the flexibility with that uh, additional 30 million going into next year. And also that's going to help the Jets out a lot for next season <laughs> as in signing, as in signing guys too, and, and still filling that and filling that team, that roster. So yeah. it's not like we don't already have money. We're going to have more money coming in. So, <laughs> so it just helps out the Jets as well. So, you know, I can't wait to see what happens after this season coming up because I feel like they're going to make a lot. They're going to make up for a lot of that revenue from um from last season. So, yeah, we we're, we're going we're going to definitely see some things. We're definitely going to see some things happening. Um, yeah, I was going to say also um, you know, from from a Jets standpoint, it's a it'll be a welcome thing not only to have the money, but to also have. A, a GM in place that will use it wisely, unlike some of the GMs that we've had in the past. So, <laughs> right, exactly. And you, and you know, it's crazy. We'll have all that money, but also at the same time, we'll have we still have that draft capital too of the picks. Yeah. So, so it. I feel like it just works out both ways for for Joe Douglas and and Cole because. They doing their due diligence and they and they just going they just going they just going for the guys that 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 wants to win right now and that's hungry for it. So, you know, at this point we can't complain about it. You know, we just need to see what the guys can do on the field. Yeah. And I said we'll definitely see that. But I said you see the the type of output we've had in the the OTAs with as many people coming in. So the fact that people want to come in and play, like I said, that makes it just that much more, you know, optimistic in terms of what the, the future holds for us. And our head coach also said, just because you came to, you know, voluntary OTAs, that doesn't mean that doesn't mean that you'll you'll be one of the last guys here on that field when it's all mm -hmm. said and done. You know, we we're paying attention, but that doesn't, you know, that doesn't mean a damn thing at this point. And you got to respect them for saying that. Yeah. Just keep it real. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, that's that's you know, that's 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 the coach being being real honest with the players, you know, whether they like it or not. So there you go. You know, we we didn't have that fire, fire, fired up and being honest to coach in, in a while. So, you know, like I said, this is a different atmosphere and it's a great feeling right now. Yep. So yeah, let's let's move, let's move along to um to, to the Seattle and the Falcons. Um, well, Seattle and the Titans, because apparently Seattle and the Titans is in talks for Julio Jones. Um, what else? Uh, Russell Wilson and Julio Jones have been talking about uh, teaming up together. But also there was a report saying that Julio Jones may not – is. Basically, he might not get traded till uh, July 27th, basically, when the training camp actually really gets turned up before uh, preseason, whatever. Um, what what can what what scenario could happen for Julio? Because I know you had told me, Kyle, about they they could take a second rounder, which I, I would think is very weird. I would I would 
if I was dumb, I would want a late first rounder because I feel like Julio still got a couple of years left in him. So um, what, what's the scenario you can see happening in this situation? Yeah, um, I definitely can see that that late, I said that late trade happening if it, if it does happen. Um, these guys, you know, because of uh, being the, the type of guy he is and, you know, the type of veteran is, like, he can, he's someone that has a skill set that can probably just come into an offense and, and benefit right away. Uh, but I would say the reason why the, the weight is probably because, you know, Atlanta pretty much wants to see what they have, you know, want to see what these new guys that they come in, see how well, you know, they're, uh, their new, I don't even want to call them a tight end, but, you know, their new offensive weapon in, uh, in pits, you know, see how he, you know, adapts into the, to the system. And, you know, once they get an idea, then they can really get a feel on how important it is for them to, to move Julio, you know, and to be quite honest, anyone that, uh, anyone that, uh, that trades for him, you know, they're looking at getting, let's say, arguably, you know, a top five, a uh, wide receiver in the league, even though, you know, he is, uh, you know, on the, the, the early 30 side, you know, for, for 15 million for the season, like to me, that's someone of his caliber getting paid that, you know, it, to me is, is, is a steal, you know? So as I said, the fact that, you know, the, there's been talks about the Seattle thing, that's a very, uh, how should I say, interesting situation in terms of just the dynamics of what that could be. But I know if he does go there, you know, the rest of that uh, that conference would, you know, they'll they'll have some things to worry about because that combination of of Julio and Metcalf, I, I think, would you know give some defensive coordinators nightmares, you know, going into to game days on those Sundays. <laughs> and, and also, uh, you can't forget about Tyler Lockett, too. So yeah. that's a three-headed monster. Um, I, I would say that would make them a dangerous playoff team, but I wouldn't consider Super Bowl because until they get their defense together, um, yeah. And the offensive line together, like to protect Wilson, because I don't, I don't think if anybody noticed, but the last nine to ten years, Russell Wilson has taken the most sacks by <laughs> in the yeah. league. That's even even like even number one past Darnold, <laughs> which <Right>. is crazy, <laughs> you know. And I just feel that until they get the offensive line fist fixed and um they get they deep some of their defense fixed i i still don't consider i wouldn't consider them a super bowl team but i would consider that that offense very very dangerous they just need to fix the offensive line but yeah right. julio and McCaff and lockett lord lord they yes that's mm -hmm. that's crazy problems lockett could, could play the slot McCaff is already fast as hell Julio's tall and, and he's still fast. He could play at a at a high level. Like what what else could you ask for at this point? Yeah. Like I said, it kind of it's funny because it, I guess it kind of it kind of factors into 
as a, when we had our, our our mock draft over the over the um the summer and you know I picked I picked uh, Jamar Chase to to get picked up by Cincinnati. You know, it's right. kind of in the same instance where you say, well, you know, the offensive line, you know, your guys getting hit, you normally would get offensive line. But in the same in that same situation, I see if they don't address the offensive line immediately, having someone like Julio there is kind of like a safety blanket because when you don't have that extra protection to have someone like Julio on one side and have someone like Metcalf on the other side, you know, two guys that are, you know, six, four, six, five, that any one of those sides that has one-on-one coverage and the pockets break it down, just toss it up to one of them, you know, chances are, I would say it's not even 50, 50 balls at that, at that point with, you know, the, how physical and big, you know, just outright massive these guys are. So, you know, throw it up to either one or either side and chances are they're going to come down with it. So that kind of like helps with the fact of, you know, maybe not having that time in the pocket because of having an offensive line that isn't, you know, that developed. Yeah, but you know, also, Wilson is going to find a way to get his guys. And that's what makes Wilson so so dangerous and makes him a top three quarterback right now. <laughs> is that he's so da- he's so dangerous in the pocket and on the run that he's gonna find this man, you know, like like look at them first eight games. We was talking about MVP caliber. And then <laughs> we don't we don't even know what happened the last eight games plus that playoff game. But having somebody like Julio would, would help out, you know, Wilson and and finding another wide receiver, just like you said. So it 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 would help out Seattle's game, but I I I still wouldn't like I said consider them a Super Bowl team, especially especially not over um, Tampa Bay at this at this point right now. <laughs> yeah, I said I would even mention them honestly, even with Julio joining. I don't know if I would mention them over the Rams, you know, in their own division. So for that that Ram team is, is I think is going to be something special to watch. <laughs> right, because Matt, we 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 forget about Stafford and. Stafford could make some things happen, you know, and I feel like that was the only thing that was missing. And yep. because the defense is already good, Ramsey, you know, and animals, Ramsey top, my, my number one cornerback right now. But, um, you know, like they got their defense and they got the they got the pieces, you know, it's just up to Stafford. And, you know, I hope people don't think Stafford was washed up because I don't think he washed up at all. Yeah. Yeah, so there, there you go. Um, <laughs> speaking of that, uh, the Bills, the Bills reconstructed Diggs' contract. How much was it for? It was about like I, I, I thought it was eleven million, but you told me it was about like what eight, nine million. Yeah, I believe the restructure um freed up about seven and a half million um for mm-hmm. them. So. That I I believe that puts them right around at a eleven million in uh eleven to twelve million in cap space right now, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. And 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 this right here is 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 something to talk about because that that means they they could be in the play for uh for Zach Ertz. I mean, we can't forget about Ertz as of right now. Um, and we and we've been hearing about him asking for a trade for a while, so 
because you consider them because I don't think they're going to go after Jones. That him and Diggs would be would be an animal. That's easy for Josh Allen to throw six guards to, but <laughs> but um, could you could you see the Bills possibly going after Ertz? Um, I would say that's a possibility. You know, they are. I think right now the the their number one uh, tight end right now is um, Knox, which yeah. he's a serviceable guy, you know? So having someone like like Ertz there would definitely help to, you know, open up that offense and be a, a security blanket or a second security blanket because it seemed like Diggs is his guy, you know what I mean? The, the, with the performance that uh, and the numbers that they put up this this past season. So that's I definitely see um, having someone like him as, as being a, would be a, a welcome addition, you know, especially with the, the, the veteran leadership that he has. Um, yeah, that's it. It should, it should I, I can definitely see it happening. If, you know what I'm saying? That's if Ertz is, you know, is willing to go there. You know, right. And yeah, at this point, you know, in Earth's situation, um, you, you he's at the age where he should want to win Super Bowls and the Bills. They they went to the AFC um, championship game right. and they they not they not they not no slouch. They already signed. Um, I think I have it right here. Uh, they signed including Carlos Basham already, which is a good thing for them. They they already signed about I think they signed like five of they they rookies already that they drafted which was uh they fifth round pick Tommy Dole, um sixth round pick both sixth round picks uh Wild Goose, um Marquise Stevenson and a seventh round pick Jack Anderson so they already signed five of they guys including Carlos Basham so so to have that so so to get done rookies done already would would help the the earth situation if they wanted to trade for him and have that and have that um that extra piece that they need right. so so less so now what what are they going to do because you're not freeing up that money for no reason <laughs> especially when it's time you know especially when it's time to almost start the season you know, you you that close to going to that Super Bowl and Diggs can't and Diggs is a hell of a receiver no, no lie. And, and, you know, you still got Brown, you got Beasley, but you, you still need that one guy. You Actually, no, Brown, that one guy. is Brown no. going? I forgot. Yeah, Brown is going. But, um, as I said, they have Diggs, they have Beasley, uh, they have the guy that, like I said, I wanted the Jets to get last year, but they picked yeah. him up. And, um, what was, um, what was his name? Um, Gabriel Davis. Yes, yes, because he made that nice ass catch on the sideline and yeah, against the coach. He had a couple he did of those. twice. Yep. And I said that was a guy that I, I wanted to just to have. And they also picked up, I said, the um that kid uh, Marquis Stevenson that they drafted. I think he's yes. from Houston. He's another guy that I, I was looking at, you know, when I was doing my mock drafts, you know, as a late round guy. And that's exactly where they picked him up. I think if he wasn't like a fifth or sixth round pick for them. Um, right. So their, their receiving core, you know, is pretty good. And then, if I'm not mistaken, it's saying there that they got Emmanuel Sanders as well. So. Oh yeah. We forgot about Emmanuel. Yeah. There's, 
there's definitely a, a lot of uh, targets for him to throw to. But, you know, having someone like Ertz, you know, to have a big target in the middle of the field, you know, as a, like I said, as a security blanket um, would definitely, you know, help, I would say, and just, you know, getting, getting, uh, why am I forgetting his name now? <laughs> I mean, this overall, I just think the run game is just like, did, I don't know if they draft and I think they did. Didn't they draft a running back? If I'm if no, I'm not mistaken, no. because they running game is horrible. Josh Allen cannot do that by himself. Yeah. Okay, that's it. I was thinking I was looking for Allen, but um, yeah, they still have uh Singletary and they picked up um Matt Barita, you know, the old um the oh, back okay. from, yeah, I think it was from Miami, he was. Yes, yes, yeah, so, and I think they still have the guys, uh, Zach Moss, who, who got injured last year. I think he was a rookie last year. Who yeah, he, had he, a, he He flashed, you know, he showed some flashes. But, uh, you know, I, I would I actually had thought they would have, you know, drafted a, a running back higher up. But I, I guess they believe in who they have already and just going to run with it. Yeah, and I just remember, oh, man, I remember when we did the mock draft and, and I was hearing Najee Harris today. I was just like, please, <laughs> just don't let Najee Harris get drafted there. I, I would have been so upset. Um, Pittsburgh definitely got a dime, <laughs> got a dime yeah. right there. So, yeah, thank thank God. That's that's all I wanted. I really didn't care about, <laughs> about nothing else at that point. <laughs> um, yeah, so – let so we so we actually kind of say the best for last. Um, the greatest NFL players by uniform number. And this is it's a couple of it's a couple I I saw that I kind of wanted to debate on, but the most important one is the one is is one particular that you that you found out about Kyle that you kind of wanted to debate it with. And um, so, so let's so let them know which which one it is, which number it is, and and the players. Okay. Yeah, uh, the one that I, as I said, had a, a little bit of a head scratcher with, but also understand was that number seven. You know, the, the number seven that they have on the list is, you know, none of the, than the, the great John Elway. But, you know, and looking at the stats and, you know, productivity and all that, like I was surprised that, not even as an honorable mention that Big Ben wasn't on the list. Like, if you look at their, from a comparison, they both have two Super Bowls. They both played about the same amount of seasons. I think, um, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Elway does have more uh, Pro Bowls, and I he was a league MVP. But if you look at the statistics from the two, like, he, if I'm not mistaken, he has like 10,000 more yards almost like 60 more touchdowns and 60 less interceptions. And they literally played, um, when I'm thinking the exact um, same amount of years. So for him to not even be an honorable mention just kind of just threw me for a loop, you know, if not even saying that he's uh, a better number seven than Elway. You know what I'm saying? I understand the mystique around, you know, Elway from, you know, just 
being um, in the the in that era that he came came up with, you know, with the Marinos and the the Montanas. But you know, if you just look at them comparison side by side, they are very close in regards to just accolades all across the board. So yeah, that one was just one that that really stuck out to me. If if you would if you would choose, would you have chosen uh, Ben as the honorable mention, or would you have chosen him and uh, as the number as that guy with the jersey and John Elway as the honorable mention? Um, as I said, growing up in the era, as I said, I I've been implant it's been implanted in me to you know for me to say you know John Elway like he's he's just that guy um but like it'll be it's really hard for me to say that it's not been just for the individual um you know achievements you know throwing 10,000 more yards than someone is in the same amount of years that you know that you've played like that's not something to you know to just gloss over you know especially when you talk about it's additional 10,000 yards and I think it was like like I said almost 60 to 70 more touchdowns and then uh like 50 or 60 less interceptions so that means and different on all the aspects he got more yards get more touchdowns with less interceptions in the same amount of time and both got super, two Super Bowls, which honestly, you know, both of them have a Super Bowl that was contributed to a Hall of Fame, you know, running back, which is, you know, uh, the bust and, and Davis. So, like I said, I, I, I would probably, honestly, if it, if it was me, I would have probably flipped the coin on it because I knew whoever was first or second, I would be, it would be okay in my soul to say, okay, well, this person was first and this person was second. You know what I mean? Right. And yeah, that's a, that's a hell of a debate. Um, that's a hell of a debate right there. Um, I think mine's was the Barry Sanders, Ed Reed, the Brian Dawkins. Oh, Jesus. Wow. <laughs> I think I, it's all three of them. It's so good. Like, Barry Sanders barely did it without no line. Then you have the best safety, one of the best safeties, if not the best safety in NFL era. And then you have Brian Dawkins, which is the hell of a cornerback. And I just sat there and kept playing with the playing with the numbers and playing with the with like looking at the the, the, the film. And I'm just like, oh my goodness. <laughs> Who, who do I pick? Like, and then I was like, for me, I think I would have chosen Ed Ed Reed first, and then at Barry Sanders and Dawkins. Like, it's just so like it's just so tough for me. Like, uh, like when you like when you just sit this to me and I'm just looking, I, I I was like, okay, I agree with most of them. But then when it's when when it started getting tough, I said, oh Jesus, yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I I could definitely see see that that Barry, you know, Barry and Dawkins and and Reed thing like that's that's definitely uh one to 
to really ponder over. As I said, right. I would think for, for me though, to be quite honest, I said I would I would only go for Barry in this situation because to me, uh I'm looking at it from a perspective of the same way I look at uh Jim Brown. Like, cause I have Jim Brown as my my uh best back of best running back of all time. And for right. me, that 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 decision to put him over Barry was on this on the simple fact that Jim Brown played in the era where you knew he was getting the ball first and second downs, and he still averaged five yards a carry for a career. Like that's saying something. You know what I mean? Like when you know yeah. he's getting the ball and you can't stop him, like that's that says a lot, you know. Um, and that's kind of like why I look at with, in this situation with Barry, you know, being a, a running back that was playing in a run and shoot offense. So automatically, you know, he's down uh, traditional blockers that would be in, in normal formations. So Correct. he's getting the ball and they're like, you're just like, OK, go like get the yards. <laughs> you know what I mean? And exactly. he's, he did it at a clip that was you know, comparable to what um, Jim Brown did. So like I said, for me, it would be, uh, as I said, Barry, but I can't look at anybody cross if someone said it's Ed Reed. You know what I mean? Correct. Exactly. And, and the, the, the number six, what? it wasn't no other great jersey down <laughs> plays with that numbers other than Jay Cutler, because that, like, really? Yeah. I, yeah, I couldn't, uh, I was, I was contemplating that one myself, but I, I don't think, I couldn't think of anybody else. And, you know, I guess just overall, it's, it comes down to, you know, I guess the individual achievements, you know, in terms of the numbers and stuff. So, I guess. I don't even. I don't even want to go. I don't even want to go in on Cutler like I want to. <laughs> like, like what? What has Cutler really, really done? Apparently, he thrown the ball for over thirty-five thousand yards, and I'm kind of shocked at that. Yeah, like as I said, Jay Cutler is definitely a, a mystery of a guy that because he's he's showed talent. At, you know, at some point, he showed productivity, but I just, it's something about that guy. Like, it's just, he just doesn't have the enthusiasm behind him to, I guess, to make himself better. You know what I mean? He right. just, what, he, he, he was who he was, and, now, and that's right. just it. <laughs> mm. I mean, what about the debate, Ty Lawson and uh, Champ Bailey for the 2024? <laughs> that that's 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 very tough because both of them is hella hella good uh cornerbacks. Yeah, I would say only we're gonna say champ because I, I was if I'm not mistaken, champ had a bit more of I guess longevity than right. uh, than law and you know he yeah I, I that's this tough. I can't do the numbers that's, like right offhand just to be like, oh, well, who was better in terms of that standpoint? But I don't, I don't have it in front of me. 
but just understanding the, the the two types of players, like I can definitely like I I, I don't know if I would put Law over Bailey, just like I said, just because of the, the longevity part of it. Right. So that's why I'm like I'm, that's why I said something about tough, like 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 I'm just looking and I'm like, okay, most of them is just it's just making sense, but then some of them you just question and you you know it because you're such a an NFL fan, you know, like you're like is 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 going on in the brain and it's this puzzling of who would you like who would you really choose and why? Right. You know, so other than that, you ain't had no other debates, everything was was good on your end. Um, for the most part, because I said I know that uh, like some of these guys, when they, when they, um, you know, when they look at this, you know, there's, there's a bit of nostalgia that goes with, uh, with looking at some of these players, you know, so it's hard to, sometimes it's hard to separate the nostalgia from the actual, uh, let's say the player and the, 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 the number crunching of, you know, looking to, to evaluate people like this or, you know, in this fashion. So like, I, I can't be too mad at it with, with a lot of these picks, but I said it was just the, the numbers that, that number seven, like knowing how good uh, Ben was, you know, and even maybe for me, because I had a personal thing about that. Cause I remember when they were drafted and I was looking at, you know, that who went because they know that was the year Eli and and uh, Rivers went before him, and I told everybody I was like, "Yo, you, you know the best." Like Ben was actually the best quarterback in this draft, and people were looking at me kind of funny, you know, like, "What do you mean?" Blah blah blah. But think about it: who won the Super Bowl first? Even though it was, you know, contributed a lot to that defense and the bus, he still got his ring first, you know. Right, All right, yeah, definitely right. It makes a lot of sense. Um, also, uh, I just heard uh, 49ers center of Western Richburg retires from the, he retired from the NFL uh, earlier after his uh, injury, I guess you know, from his injuries and everything. Oh, you know, he was the highest paying center <laughs> three yeah. years ago, so oh, actually. Uh, I would say if you're gonna mention retirement, though, we got we got we got a shout out that man, uh, Adam Vinatieri. Vinatieri, man, this guy. They had a meme of him showing him, you know, back in the first Madden. So, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, how long this guy's been in, the, you know, has been kicking in the NFL, bro. I'm about to say since he played all them years, did he take over a far spot for the number number four jersey? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I don't know about that, but that's a, that hey, guy. I'm, I'm about to say he was the uh, he's the best he was the best kick in NFL history. We got to give him credit because he he yeah. definitely was clutch, clutch. Well, except for that uh that Chiefs game with when he was he was with the Colts, but we're not gonna talk about that. But you know, <laughs> but you know, all in all, yeah, definitely a Hall of Famer. Like that's like you don't have to. That's one of the guys you don't have to like sit there and. 
and think about. Like, he's definitely going to be a Hall of Fame by by any means. 20 years, shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But other than that, that, that's it for our podcast. Um, Make sure to follow us on Twitter, Just Fans Podcast. You can follow Kyle on Twitter at Virgil Domus. And, of course, you can follow me on Twitter at Davin, NY, number two, MD. And um, we do this for y'all every week until next week. The table fight.